Welcome to Every Believer Confident, hosted by Dr. Mark Farnham, where we explore in seven minutes or less how to effectively share and defend your faith. This is apologetics for the average Christian, with ideas and practical principles that can help you this week as you engage unbelievers with the good news of the gospel. Let's go get some confidence. Welcome back to the Every Believer Confident Podcast. This is Dr. Mark Farnham, and today we are finally answering the question that we raised a few episodes ago regarding how to respond when someone says, prove God exists to me. That's an objection that many Christians fear, and for good reason in the sense that in some ways, in one way particular, it is impossible. So if your conversation partner is looking for evidence that will be so convincing that he will be compelled to believe, well, there is no such thing. Many people use the word proof in the sense that something could be presented, such as an archaeological find or reliable testimony or reproducing the event, that no sane person would be able to refrain from believing. But as we've already seen in this short series about understanding unbelievers, Every person has the ability to deny what he knows to be true. Think about it. During Jesus' earthly ministry, he performed innumerable miracles, mostly in public. When Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, he admitted that Jesus performed miracles and that the miracles were signs, that is, acts of God authenticating him and his message. Yet this did not cause Nicodemus to believe at first. After Jesus fed the 5,000, The crowds were quick to declare him a prophet, but they balked at recognizing him as the Messiah. Despite witnessing that amazing miracle of the feeding, they demanded more signs before they would believe. John 6 and verse 30. After Jesus healed the blind man, the Pharisees again acknowledged the miracle, but would not confess Jesus as Lord. Instead, they only considered him to be a sinner. The point is simply that what the unbeliever demands of you when he says, prove God exists to me, simply cannot be done if the word proof is used in that way. Nothing in the world can be proven because even if what is being proven is true, a person can still reject it or deny it. Second, as we'll learn in later lessons, the way to handle difficult challenges is to ask questions that reveal inconsistency or irrationality in the objection. For example, in response to the question or the demand, prove God exists to me, the Christian could ask, what would it take to prove God exists to you? That is, sometimes the person who raised the question uh, has never considered the idea. By challenging the objection, we often reveal that the opponent of Christianity has never really thought through what they would want to be shown in order to believe. They may be honest and admit that there's nothing that you could do to prove God exists. Uh, One of my skeptic acquaintances here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, admits that there's nothing God could do that would prove him because God already should know what it would take to prove himself to this person. And since God hasn't done that, then the burden of proof is still upon God. Besides being an arrogant statement, it proves Romans chapter 1 that even though people know God, they suppress the truth of God. Many times the answer to the question, however, when you ask what would it take to prove God exists to you, is people will often say, I want God to appear before me. We can follow up with still further questions such as, okay, what would God look like and what would you want him to say to you? 
Again, many skeptics have never considered these details. Regardless of the person's answer, we can continue to follow up by asking, so if God did just that, if he appeared to you, you would automatically believe he exists and begin to follow him and worship him? And most honest skeptics at this point will admit that even if they got what they wanted, they would not necessarily believe or worship God. But let's say they claim they would believe and follow God if he appeared to him. We can then point to the incarnation of Christ. And I've done this a number of times, saying something like, Well, God did more than what you're asking. He came down to the earth in the person of Jesus and lived at the crossroads of the Roman Empire for 33 years. His life and teachings, his miracles, his death, and resurrection were witnessed by tens of thousands of people. His claims to be God in the flesh were accompanied by miraculous signs and wonders. So do you believe he was who he claimed to be? Would you be willing to look into the Gospels and see what they say about who Jesus is? In other words, it's not hard to move from this impossible objection, prove God exists to me, right to an invitation to examine the New Testament account of Jesus himself. And if they're unwilling to do that, it shows that they are not truly willing to believe if God would just prove himself to them. So the strength of this approach to answering the demand to prove God's existence is that it moves from an impossible demand right to the heart of the gospel, that is, the person and work of Christ. Again, our goal in a gospel conversation is always to get the unbeliever to consider the claims of Christ. This answer moves them from discussing a vague notion of God to the specific issue of the man, Jesus Christ. Everything they want regarding an appearance of God can be found in the incarnation of Christ in the Gospels. As Jesus himself told Philip, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. So rather than trying to defend a vague notion of God, we can go right to the centerpiece of God's redemptive plan by talking about the very specific revelation of God in Christ. I hope that's helped you. I hope the next time someone asks you to prove God exists, that you can remember that and use that, because it's a powerful tool to move from an impossible challenge right to the heart of the gospel. And I've seen it work. I think it's very usable, even by ordinary Christians who don't know much. And I pray that if you get the opportunity to use this, you would find it effective to open the hearts and minds of those who do not believe. Hope this week you get an opportunity to do that. May God bless you. For more information on how you can host a practical apologetics conference at your church or to listen to past episodes, please visit apologeticsforthechurch.org.